Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special returning guest, Pastor Al Dubay from God's Grace Church in Tempe, Arizona. Thank you so much, Pastor Al, for returning to share the second part of your sermon called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Amen. Well, last week we talked about in Acts 19, when Paul came across these believers, and he says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And in Acts 1.8, it says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And that's a word for martyr. And then we're told that we're to go into Jerusalem, Judea, and to the other most parts of the earth. And so I want to praise God this morning because, or afternoon, we want to have power. And it only can come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'd like to start out today with Luke chapter 18. And I want to show you that this is also for us in excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 18, where Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that's Acts 1.8. And it's also in 2 Corinthians 1.21. It says, God hath anointed us. So the Spirit of the Lord, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, not only do you have God the Father inside of you, but you have the Holy Spirit on you. You're clothed with power, Luke 24.49. And so he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these. Notice greater works than these shall I do, shall you do because I go to my father. And when we read that in chapter 14, we see why we're not seeing the greater works. If you look at verse 13, it says, And whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So is the Father being glorified? Uh, What are we asking for today? That we receive power to glorify the Lord. And I pray this a lot. Holy Spirit, empower me to do the will of God. So we need to be empowered. And then he says in verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But the next verse starts out with if. There's 1,422 of those in the new, uh, in the King James Bible. Each one of them are conditional. So this is a conditional. So what does it mean when you say conditional? There's something you have to do. Okay. And it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. 
That's the condition. You have to, first of all, is this message today going to glorify the Father through Jesus Christ? And number two is, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are, is it, what are our New Testament commandments? We have two. Love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, thy whole soul, thy whole mind, and love thy neighbor as yourself. How can we say we're believers when we have prejudice? Impossible. We're to love even our enemies and pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on and says to preach the gospel to the poor. And if we're to be like Jesus, in 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. And then in Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Our churches are filled with oppression. They're filled with people that are so oppressed. And if you don't know how to receive the power of the Almighty God, and Jesus said these signs will follow or shall follow those who have believed. Number one, they're going to cast out demons. That's the first command he gave us in Mark 16. The second one, you're going to speak in new a new language one that you don't even understand and that's when you know you have the baptism of the holy spirit or you preach the word of god with uh, with boldness and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted how many people are right now have a broken heart and they don't have the power to receive the gift of god eternal life through christ jesus to proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm telling you, you don't have to be in bondage. You need this power to be set free. It says, in whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. So we have to be disciples of the Most High God. He says, if you believe in me, as the Scripture has said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then in verse 39, that's in John 7, 39, he says he was talking about the Holy Spirit that was to come. And so he says, to proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm proclaiming liberty to some of you that are in bondage right now. In Jesus' name, I believe you can be set free even over these waves, over this internet. And and the recovery of sight to the blind. It says Satan comes and he blinds us. We can put on new glasses. Paul when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was blinded for three days. And when Ananias laid hands on him and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, and we know he received it because he says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And scales fell off his eyes. And that's what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Your doctrine, your religion just gets cast down and all of a sudden you have a whole new pair of glasses and you let the Holy Spirit guide you, not man. We do need spiritual teachers, but not the doctrines of men. That is so true. You look at the world just so differently. Amen. Amen to that. And notice he says, in in recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There it is. Those we're to set. That's our ministry. Right now, our ministry is set the oppressed free how can you give something if you don't have it? And then it's, it's time right now to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
and I'm proclaiming today is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. This is the day of salvation. And many years ago, a man in Mexico gave me a word. He was a former communist. And in, I'd like to read that to you because this generation has never seen, it seems like, the power of God. And I was given this scripture in, an, I believe, in 1991 is when I first met this man. And I heard his testimony in, I think, uh, uh, 2005. Hmm. I am looking. <laughs> it's in uh, Psalm 72. No, that's not it. I know it's like 81, 81. <laughs> now, was he talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit too? He, yes. Well, it was talking about the power of God. Okay. I'm sorry. It's, it's 71. 7118. And, it, and he gave this to me in 2007. And, and now also, when I am old and gray-haired, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And I believe that the Lord wants us to have power, boldness to preach his gospel, that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word, and that's how he confirms it. It says they went out and they preached the gospel, they preached the good news, and God was working with them and what was he doing? He was confirming the word with signs following. You said Psalms, what? That was Psalms 81, uh, 71, excuse me. Okay. I wasn't, I want to give you the exact address. I keep turning to 81, but it's 71. 18. And there's many scriptures about us older people that how they will mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, who mm -hmm. those that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. In another scripture in Psalms, it talks about how our sap, mm -hmm. we have sap, and what is sap? It's, uh, I used to tap trees, and that's maple syrup, so our sugar is going to be good. People are going to want what we have to give them. Amen. Now, you talked about boldness. Why do you think we're not having enough boldness to proclaim, to proclaim, proclaim the gospel? I don't believe you can have a lot of boldness unless you're prideful and you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And a, a good scripture for that is in Acts chapter 4. And it's in more than one place. And Peter and his buddy were just told they couldn't preach the gospel, the name of Jesus anymore. And so here they come, they, they were beaten. It says, but do, in verse 14, 17, but so that it, it spreads no further amongst the people, let us severely threaten them. So they were threatened not to preach the gospel. And what are we afraid of? And so they go and they share with the saints and then in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your service that servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. And I pray almost daily, Lord, we need to raise up 
Christians that have the boldness that they're not going to bow their knees to the world. We're not to be confirmed, conformed to the, to world. the world. We're to right. be conformed into His image. image. Yes. And how do we do that? By the renewing of the Word. And I'm praying, especially if you're a pastor, that you, you realize the Scripture, every word in here is God-ordained. And what is for us today, I believe right now, for us right now, especially for these younger people, are signs and wonders really following our ministry? Is he confirming it with signs following? I, I remember when I first started, I believed I'd uh, go to lunch with people and preach the word because it says they confirm, he confirmed the word with signs following. And I just believed God was going to do something. So every time I preach, I know God is going to do something. It's, it's not up to me to do it. It's up to him. I just have to be in obedience, it says, because it confirmed the word, not the preacher, with signs following. So what's happening is that we're not renewing our minds. We're not renewing our minds, and we're not seeking daily bread. I just had an article where I believe 93% of the church never studies the Bible, and very few read it. And to be a disciple, you're a learner. It never ends. I've been studying this book for 47 years, and I'm embarrassed on how little I really know, Marina. I just, I'm overwhelmed. Every time I read the proverb of the day, I find something new. And I've been reading the proverb for over 40 years. And so it's breathing. It's alive. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our guide. And, and I hope to get to that today. Notice what it says here. It says, with boldness, they may speak your word. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand. Oh, my Lord. He's the head. Is that true, Marina? Is he the head of the body? Yes. Well, then we're his body, aren't we? That means stretch out your hand, Marina. That means you that are listening, stretch out your, your hand. Hands. One yes. of the doctrines of the church is in the six doctrines of the church are in Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 1 and 2. And one of them is the doctrine of the teaching of the laying on of hands. One of them is the baptisms. Notice there's an S on there. And there's the baptism in the Christ, there's the baptism under water, there's the baptism of fire, but there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were born again before Acts 2. How do I know that? Because he showed himself to them. And in John 3, 3, it says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see or understand the kingdom of God. And when he broke the bread, those two, their eyes were open. Then he appeared to them and ate before them. And it says, and he opened up their understanding. And that's what I believe is going to happen today. Our understanding is going to be opened, that we would just receive the gospel. Don't argue with it. Just believe what it says. Just be a child right now. He says, you're going to speak in tongues. So why argue about it? We have so many arguments over, is tongues for today? Nothing in the Bible says it dies with the, died with the apostles. So are you going to be a full believer or a half believer? And that would be my challenge to you today. Just read what it says and take it. That's so true. You know, we can pick up daily magazines in the stores, in the, um, I can't say bookstores, because a lot of the bookstores are being closed out. But at the stores, um, we can listen to the news and believe what it says. And we can read the magazines and believe what it says. But yet, the Bible is so challenging for us to believe. Amen. Amen. And you know what's so neat? It says, 
sanctify them, set them apart. Thy word is truth. There's so many scriptures about the truth of God. Jesus said, I am the way, born again, the truth, (laughs) spirit-filled, and the the life. life. That is a hundredfold. That's when you become a Christian, a true Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By stretching out your hand to heal, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be healing people. Well, if we don't believe it, why should it happen? It was, in, if you went back. And some people believe that it's only for certain people. Yeah. What do yeah. you think about that? It says these signs will follow them that believe. It didn't say the apostles. It didn't say the pastors. It didn't say the evangelists. It says those who believe. So that means for everybody. Yes. And if you looked it up in the Greek, it says those who have believed. Who are they? They're the disciples of Jesus Christ. And he says five things they're going to do. They're going to cast out demons. They're going to speak with a language. They don't even understand what they're saying, but it's it's speaking directly to God. They're going to handle serpents. If they drink deadly poisons, it shall not hurt them. And they're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, we don't know what that recovery could be. It could be a spiritual thing. It could be a soulish thing. It could be a flesh thing. What good is it for you to heal your soul or your body and lose your salvation. See, I am saved, I'm being saved, I will be saved. I am delivered, I'm being delivered, and I will be delivered. And I have to keep that in mind. So he says, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And I believe we need to be shaken today. We need to get rid of our religion. We need to get rid of our doctrines of men. We need to get rid of fear. That's one of the biggest problems in the church, that spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, love, and of a sound mind. mind. How are you going to do this without the power of the Holy Spirit? You know, it's... I received this when I was nine and a half years old and with the evidence. And I didn't even know I was born again until I was 30 years old. But I knew I was protected. My life was taken almost from me three different times that I can tell you about. And yet God protected me. And I didn't even know why I was being protected until I was 30 years old. And I found out I was a spirit-filled, born-again, tongue-speaking Catholic. Praise God. (laughs) (laughs) And assembled together, were shaken, and they were all filled. Notice, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And that boldness, in Spanish, it's valor, or with confidence. And we need valor today. We need to be men and women of our word. Amen. And if you turn over to 1 Corinthians 14, And I believe there's so much confusion about the gifts of the Spirit. In chapter 12, it talks about the nine manifestations of the Spirit. And why are they a manifestation? Because they make make themselves real to us. And notice, to one it is given in verse 8. To one is given the word of wisdom. Notice it's just a part. We all have a part. In chapter 13, it says we prophesy in part and we understand in part. So we have to understand the the gifts are given individually to each one as the Spirit wills. 
and that's in verse uh, 11. It says, But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, not as I will. So these nine manifestations, and you can study them, they only happen as the Spirit wills. You cannot make them happen or it's a natural thing. It's just like uh, I can speak in tongues, I can prophesy, but I can't do it spiritually in, in these nine gifts unless he's moving me to do it. Like the interpretations of tongues. We were in Mexico City. I may have shared that last week. And just before we left, the last time I was there two years ago this September, there was a, a word of, of diversities of tongues. And the interpretation was there was going to be an earthquake. And we left that day, and the next way they, day they had one of the worst earthquakes they ever had. And the warning came forth, and all of our churches were protected. And so these things are needed for the body of Christ today. But if we believe it died with the apostles, how can we say we're full gospel? Full gospel means we believe every word. We believe God is speaking to us today. And if you understand any of this today, God has spoken to you. Amen? Amen. And so I wanted to mention those nine gifts because your your tongue, your, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you get the tongue, the language, you don't understand this. And people think, say, well, if there's only two or three people here, uh, you need an interpreter. No, you don't. There was 120 in Acts uh, 2. Acts 10, we see all of Cornelius' house. Acts 19, we see 12 men. We don't know how many women and children. They all received it. So what is your prayer language? I can speak in tongues anytime I want to, especially when I need it. The Bible tells us right here in chapter 14, in verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So why wouldn't I want to be edified? In Job, excuse me, in Jude 20, it says, Praying in the Holy Spirit, building up your most holy faith, comma, keeps you in the love of God. In Isaiah 28, 11, and 12, it says, This is the rest wherewith I have promised them, yet they won't believe it. Now, I know that wasn't for a nation that was going to take them over because Paul uses it in this chapter 14 also. So we see in chapter 14, in verse 1, Pursue love, desire the spiritual gifts. Well, if they're not today, why are we supposed to be desiring them? But, but the key is love. How can you minister to people if you don't have love for them? Jesus healed out of compassion. And he said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father don't try to interpret that. That means we're preaching to more people. Just receive it. And why isn't it happened? Number one, who's going to get the glory? And number two, where's the love? If you don't love your neighbor, how can you expect to do greater works? Amen. Amen. So he says here in verse two, but he who speaks in a tongue, the King James says it rightly. It's added in, but in an un known tongue. Why is it un unknown? He tells you here. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man, but to God, for no one understands him. So if no one understands him, how on earth can you interpret it? 
It is not one of the nine manifestations. This is your own personal prayer language. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. A lot of times I don't know what to do. So I start praying in the spirit and these thoughts come into my mind. And especially at the end to close the service, because I have to believe even today when we close this service, he's going to confirm it with signs following. Those of you that had desired the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I think I shared this last week, but we were in Tijuana, Mexico, and I, there were so many that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they so many came up to me after the service and said, nobody ever told me we had to speak. If you open up your mouth and say nothing, you're going to get nothing. The Bible says in in Psalms, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. In chapter 2 of Acts, it says, and and they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice, first of all, they had to start speaking. When you got born again, how did you get born again? You opened up your mouth and confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord. What happened? He came in. That's what happens when you speak in tongues. And there is a stammering tongue in First uh, Isaiah twenty-eight eleven. It says, "With stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people." And a lot of t- times they just get one word that's legal, that's in the Bible. But then you ask for the diversities or the the language, and your language comes. So praise God for that. So we see here, your personal language cannot be interpreted. Then he says in verse three. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Then the next one, it says that prophecy is greater, but if you get the diversities of tongues and interpret it, it's equal. And then, this is what I love, Marina. He even tells us what to do. This is why I can't understand why there's so much confusion in the body of Christ and confusion is of the devil. And if I was a pastor and I didn't understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I surely would not talk against it. Because until you have something, how can you share with others? And if it's in the Bible, why are you talking against it? Exactly. And and, and he even tells us what to do. Look at this, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Notice, not your soul, not your brain. My spirit prays. For my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. In other words, I'm to pray in this language. I don't even know what I'm saying. He's telling you exactly what to do here. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, why do we have to do both? I was in a meeting one night, a prayer meeting at our church, and it lasted about 30 minutes, and we were all speaking in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, we all stopped and left. Nobody had to say amen because we were all Spirit-filled. But you always have those that come in that are unlearned, That means they're born again, but they don't understand this, or unsaved, so we have to speak in our native language. Notice what he says. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed or the unlearned say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? 
Now, that is powerful right there. Mm-hmm. And so he tells us we have to do both. And I think I'll continue reading here. That's a good point, that you have to do both. You have to do because both. Because not, uh, not a lot of us have heard that, even Christians oh, who've gone to church for God's word. so many years. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. Hosea 4.6. And are we destroyed today because somebody has told us that this died with the apostles? Yeah. Many years ago, I had a gal come into our church, and she was just crying. And she says, Pastor Al, we can't pray in tongues. It's of the devil. I says, where'd you hear that? It, was, it says right here in the Bible it, that forbid them to speak in tongues. I says, uh, oh, really? Well, why don't we read it now and see what it really says? And so if you go, we're still in chapter 14. And notice what it says in verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, but do not forbid to speak with tongues. Isn't that amazing? On the radio, they said it said to forbid, and it says do not forbid. Forbid, yeah. And so she quit crying and understood we weren't of the devil. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to laugh at the ignorance of God's word Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit. If I, I don't understand, he's our teacher. Why wouldn't you want him in your life? Exactly. You know, Jesus said, my father and I are going to come and make our home in you. So who's going to be upon you? Did you catch that? Amen. I think my God, now notice what he says here. I think my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. And then he says, I would rather just speak a few words in English. Why? So you understand it. When you get up to preach, you don't speak in tongues, but we can all speak in tongues. And if there's an interpreter, fine. If there isn't, it's not wrong. Yeah, you know what? Thank you for saying that because I have always heard, even myself, that there has to be an interpreter. That's if there are diversities of tongues. If there's diversities if there, of tongues. Yeah, because I'll, I'll read that. Okay, so make thank sure you. you. That's uh, a good yeah, point. Most people don't understand it. See, the nine manifestations are as the Spirit wills. Jesus okay. said you will. So that's not the spirit will now. It's Jesus saying, I can speak in tongues anytime I want to. I can hit my thumb instead of swearing, I pray in tongues. Make sense? You don't have to swear. It's funny, I've been around people that swear all the time, but they were around me, they don't swear. What does that tell you? They don't have to swear. Right. Or they they say, I'm sorry for swearing. Yeah, I'm constantly saying I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, if you death and life are out in the power of the yes. tongue. So what are you saying? I'm saying today, Marina, we need to believe the Bible and quit listening to the doctrines of men yeah. that make the word of God of none effect. Exactly. Seven thirteen. You know, people talk about the doctrine of the of God or the Bible. So you either are going to believe the doctrine of the world or God. No one ever says yeah, there's the a doctrine of, of the world. Of or, churches, like we're all churches. in error. Exactly. The only thing we can honestly agree with, Jesus came, he died, and he rose. Now, if you got that down, you're in. Exactly. And we, that's the simple gospel simple right as there. That. If you really believe he came, he died, and he rose, you're in. Yeah. Now, now so we need true. to be taught. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And so he says here, he says, in the law, is it is written. He told us, don't be like children anymore. Then in verse 21, in the law is written, see, he picks this up from Isaiah 28, 11, and 12. With men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, yet for all that, they will not hear me. They're still not hearing it. 
Then he says, says the Lord, therefore tongues are for a sign. So if we're not speaking in tongues in our churches, how do people know it's a sign? I, I didn't know there was a sign until I was 30 years old. I never heard it in church. Not to those who believe, but to, to unbelievers. But prophecy is not for the unbeliever, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church come together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or ignorant of God's word, that's what that word means, or unbelievers, notice he, he puts them together, one is a non-believer and one is a believer, but he doesn't know all the truth. He's been told a lie, or he just doesn't know. Or he just doesn't know, yeah. yeah. Will they not say that you are out of your mind? So I've had people say, well, that, that you're out of your mind. Thank you. You confirmed the word. I believe speaking in tongues is the only thing that God gave us we cannot mess up. Because we just read it in verse 1. When you speak in this unknown tongue, you're speaking mysteries to God. Amen. Amen. But if all prophesy, and, unbe- and the unbeliever or the uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. See, if we're prophesying, when we're preaching, Maria, I just got to share this because uh, in chapter 14 and verse 6, it tells you the four, four things that we're supposed to be doing when we're preaching. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what will it profit you unless I speak either by revelation? So we need divine revelation. By knowledge, we need knowledge of the Word of God. By prophesying, so we're by prophesying, speaking the the things of the Lord, and by teaching. Those are the four things we have to have when we come to teach. Now, but with teaching, though, um, let's just say for those who know a lot. Did you say it's for those? And... No, I'm just saying, okay, there's a, there's a question here and I'm trying to ask it in a way that, um, maybe, you know, I'm trying to, let's say for those who know a lot of the word, but yet don't know, don't have revelation. Why don't they have revelation, Pastor Al? Because I've met people who just know it, who can quote the Bible, who memorize it, who are very knowledgeable and sometimes don't even have to open their book. They just have it memorized. Yeah, it's it's like... So why don't they have revelation? Because they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. How can you have divine revelation without the power of the Holy Spirit? And he is our teacher. Uh, you can study all you want. You can quote scripture. It's faith in that name that made that man heal. You can speak Jesus all you want, but if you don't have any faith Faith. in that name, nothing's going to happen unless he wants it to. Exactly. And a lot of people can quote scriptures, but they they don't live the life. We'll know them by their fruits. Exactly. Not by their gifting. People follow gifts. We don't follow the gifts. We follow the gift giver. His name is Jesus Christ. And gifts follow us. They accompany us every place we go. If we really believe his word, he's going to confirm it today with signs following. Amen. Amen. Exactly. And he goes on 
to say here, how is it then, brethren, I may have missed some. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, each one has a psalm. Each one, each has a teaching. We all have something. Each one has a tongue. Isn't that amazing? He's saying that we each have a tongue. Has a revelation. Has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And as a pastor, you have to be in control of your service. I've had to correct people that have prophetically spoken, but they weren't scripturally sound. How do you test prophecy by the word of God? And what is... That's a good question. Yes. And what does it say? It says in chapter 14 and verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification. They always... Did that prophecy bring you closer to Jesus? If it didn't, it wasn't of God. You know, you can be uh, told... I've prophetically spoken into churches, which because they don't tell me what's going on in these churches, and and it's been what's been going on in the church, and then the pastors are upset because they go to our leader and say, "Why did you tell him about us?" They never tell me about them, because then that would be a lie. But when you prophetically speak it, but what did it do? It corrected. What happens in correction? Whom the love, whom the Lord loveth. He chasteneth or he corrects. We need to be corrected. So when there's a correction there too, it has to be spoken in love. It's not something that doesn't put the person down. Right. And then you can't be, uh, I know one of of the service, you have a spirit of of Jezebel. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to say something like that, do it in private with a witness. Okay. You got to be personal because you they uncovered this person. Yeah. And you can't do that publicly unless it's a witch. So there's wisdom. There's wisdom that needs to be. Right. Um, and, and when you're when you're new at this, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I made right. a lot of mistakes, and I've heard a lot of people get hurt from some of their prophecies. Mm-hmm. And that's why you test all things and hold fast what is good. Like I shared with you when the Lord said I was going to be a catalyst between pastors. Yeah. Well, I put that on the shelf. And four years later, I realized, my God, that's exactly what I've been doing now for 43 years. So that was a God thing. I have a, so many prophecies that have been spoken over me, like ministering to the, showing this young generation the power of God. And I'm praying this trip in in, Mar- in September when we go to Mexico City that the, these young pastors, some that I prayed over them when they were just in their teens and now mm. they're pastors today, mm. that God is going to use us to stir them up. That's mm-hmm. what my job is, to stir you up that are listening today, right. to get this word. I'm 77 years old and I'm like yeah. a teenager when it comes to <laughs> preaching the word of God because Amen. he's alive and exactly. he's alive in me. I get exactly. quickened by his Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes. If the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwell in you, he's going to quicken or make alive your mortal body. So body, wake up today. Yes. Wake up today. Quit making an excuse that you're old or you're young. Or we're any all excuse. equal in Jesus' name. name. Male or female, we're equal yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So so if, if prophecy is to is to speak edification and that always draw us, draw us near. And edification, what does that do? It builds us up. But it brings comfort. Did that really bring comfort to the church? Now, a prophet can speak differently. He can uh, declare that there's something going on in the church and needs to be dealt with. But normal prophecy 
is from, we can all prophesy, the Bible says. And that's what it says in Acts 2, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And I've been saying to our church, if we're spirit-filled Christians, how come you're not prophesying? Hmm. Come on, how come we're not prophesying? Yeah. He says you're all going to, your young men and your young women are going to prophesy. So, that's a good point. Okay, let's say you don't believe in speaking in tongues. Why aren't you prophesying then? Yeah. If you ever looked up that word prophesying, it also means a teacher teaching the Word of God. So women are allowed to teach in church because he just said you're going to prophesy. Exactly. Now, they also, um, I'm glad you talked about prophesying because I know a lot of people that are prophesying and saying they're or calling themselves prophets now. I mean... They no. could be prophets, but I mean, I just... They it, could it, be just prophesying. It, exactly. Or a they prof- just could be prophesying. Right. It could be just... Pro- a prophet is part of the fivefold ministry. Prophesying we can all do that are spirit-filled. Mm-hmm. But yet, still, to me, there's there's kind of like a red flag there when someone says they're a prophet and telling yeah. everybody there's a pro- that they are a prophet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, I don't know. What do you think? I could be yeah, wrong. No, no. Uh, we got to be careful with these titles. Exactly. Uh, I'm a pastor at God's Grace Church. When I go out, I never know what I'm going to be. Uh, sometimes I'm just L. Mm-hmm. Just love people. And I'm open to whatever he wants me to do. If he wants me to teach, I'll teach. If he wants me to be an evangelist, I'll be an evangelist. And you just have to know the type of people you're with. And, uh, but we're to discern all things. Exactly. And there is a totally different anointing upon a pastor and upon a prophet. Each one has its own anointing. And uh, the authority that they speak it in is one of the keys. And is it scripturally sound? Is it edifying you? Or is it, you know... I, I know one day uh, we were in Kalima, and I told this lady that part of her house was going to cave in. I'm not saying that I said it. It was said. And she came back the next day and thanked me that uh, they found out part of her house was getting ready to cave in. See, that's true prophet. That's mm-hmm. a prophet speaking. And so you can test it. You know, like that prophet that spoke over me, and I put it on a shelf. But what happens... Just because somebody prophesied over you, you don't run with that. It has to be out of the mouth of two or three witnesses before you take it. That's a good point. So you need confirmation. You always need confirmation. Like at least three confirmations. Yeah, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Right. Chapter 13, if Second Corinthians Amen. 1. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I always wait for the confirmation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So he says, now here's that one. If anyone speak, anyone. Now we're talking, this is in... In verse 27. Now, notice he's talking about one person. Now, you'll find that in a church service that's spirit-filled, there'll be a quiet time. And if somebody speaks in tongues by themselves, one person. This is not talking about two or three here. One person. It says right here, if any one, not if all of you. Right. Now, now we've just separated tongues. Because 120 is speaking in tongues at the same time in Acts 2, Acts 10, all of Cornelius' house that heard the word, Acts 19, 12 men, they're all speaking in tongues and prophesying. So see, there's a difference there. Now he's talking about one person. Now mm-hmm. this is the diversities of tongues. Now watch this. It says, 
let there be two or at the most three. So diversity is the tongues. We can only have two or three. And prophets, you can only have two or three. Isn't that amazing? That is yeah, interesting. Yeah, think about that. Two or three. Two or three, and that's it. If you're going to take this, what it says. And it says, and if anyone speak in a tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. Now watch this. So let's just say you got up quiet. Everybody's quiet, and you speak in this diversity of tongues. And it's a different anointing when you get it. It's not your normal prayer language. And you get up and you do it again. It says, if nobody's there to interpret it, speak it to yourself. This is what he's talking about here. That one person. Right. It says, if there is no interpreter, let him be silent in the church and let him talk to himself. So, but how does that person know... Well, I guess maybe you the spiritual tone. Yeah, no, you said it twice. Nobody interpreted it. So oh, says, okay. So you have to say it twice, and yeah. if nobody's interpreted, or somebody interpreted, else said it, or somebody now, else said it. Yeah. So you got two people talking. Okay. If nobody says anything, both of you sit down. Sit down. Got it. It's that simple. Oh gosh, it's, I'm so glad you. No one ever explained that. <laughs> that part. That was where. That was my missing link. Mm-hmm. Even myself, that I didn't even know. How that. many people do they? Do churches even teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit anymore? Every place I, I know my church does, um, but I have heard that many don't. No, uh, almost all the churches, when I first go into it, the first night, 80% get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because Wow. I, I've seen in in uh, one area, I've seen so many. We had two, about 250 baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the next night, they all came up to the front again. We were outside ministry, mm-hmm. and my pastor, my mentor at the time, uh, asked some of them, he says, well, you guys just came up last night. Why are you coming up again? He said, oh, we got so touched last night. We want to get that again. <laughs> <laughs> but they oh. actually, you could just hear them crying out to the Lord in their oh, beautiful, how beautiful language. Oh, Well, that's beautiful. Oh, yes, it really is. So anyway, the... And so it says, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So prophets are supposed to be to uh, be judged. If you don't have any prophets, how can you judge it? And right. I'd like to have you turn with me to the Gospel of John. And we see in chapter 14, he talks about the comforter the one that stands by you, the one that's going to guide you, the one that's going to help you, and it, the one that's going to teach you. But I'd like to turn to chapter 16. And Jesus said in John 16, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And, he's, and he goes in verse right. 5. If he doesn't go, then the Holy Spirit can't right. come. Think about that. I if, had to repeat that. Yes. Amen. If he doesn't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. And the Holy Spirit can't come. But he left. And now the Holy Spirit is here. That's right. Amen. And Well, let me start out in verse 1 then, since you added that. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. How many are pastors, how many of us are stumbling today because we're not sure? God wants to take that out of us where we are sure. We're sure that he is real, that this is this is. One of the Navajos, you, you say reels. 
This yeah, is this reals. is for reals. They reals. Say that. This is for reals. <laughs> it's true. They will put you out of the synagogues. How many people, pastors, have had to leave the denomination because they got baptized in the Holy Spirit? I remember we were on the reservation, and this one missionary, he came up to the altar, and, and it was, uh, make this quick, and uh, he said, he's not going to push me over, and I'm not going to speak in tongues. He woke up in the mud speaking in tongues. That day he called his headquarters and told him, you guys have lied to me. Today I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm speaking in a strange language. And I can tell you story after story where I've heard this. It says, they will put you out of the synagogues. They're not going to like you if you get this, because it's against our doctrine. The time is coming that whoever kills you and think he or, uh, he's doing God's service, and these things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him, the Father, who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the one that stands by you, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict or convince the world of sin. Who do you think convicts us? And of righteousness of it, and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe me. Of righteousness, because I, I go to my father of judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, now this is important because nine times he's going to mention he, the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. So one of the first things you find out if somebody is really baptized in the Holy Spirit, he glorifies the Lord and not himself. Exactly. And that right there is a key. Yes. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So we see these nine things, nine fruits of the Spirit, which is the character of God, Nine manifestations of the Spirit, which is the power of God. And so I have about ten ways or how you're supposed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One is you gotta first of all, you gotta believe. Now I didn't know anything about this when I was nine and a half years old in a confessional booth when it had nothing to do with the church. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart and he did. And uh one of, one of the, I, I'd like to read my notes here. Sure. Uh, so we just have to believe. Right. Amen. That's the first step. In, in the first step, Luke eleven thirteen, ask. If anyone asks for the Holy Spirit, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. That's it. You've That's got simple. It. That's simple. See, when you get born again, you don't ask for the Holy Spirit. You ask for Jesus to come into your heart. 
Exactly. And last week we yeah, talked about... Yeah, that's the first thing we do. The first thing we do. You don't say anything about the Holy Spirit. Right. Yes, Most Jesus people Christ. don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. He's part of the Godhead. And so the first thing is to ask. Then the second thing is by faith. And you must begin to speak. That's a must. And can be prayed for, according to Acts 8, 15. He just baptized everybody in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They got They got saved but they had not received the Spirit upon them. So the apostles came down and laid hands on them. That's when Philip was preaching. And for those who obey him, Acts 5.32, isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is for those who obey him. him. So if you're not believing in this, you don't obey the Lord. I'm not talking about me. Who cares what I think? This is what the Word says. Exactly. And, And then the next one is, do not resist him. How many times do we resist the Holy Spirit? Acts 17, 51, or grieve him, Ephesians 4, 13, and do not quench the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, but put on the spirit of life. If you are not able to do the least, why should you worry about the rest? And if it's the least of all gifts, then we should all have it. So personally, a lot of people get it in the shower or drive in their car. I've prayed over so many people that didn't get it till some till after they were water baptized because they thought when they were sprinkled as a child they got baptized. No, they weren't. You have to be a believer to get baptized. And so what do we do? First of all, you have to make sure you're born again. How do you make sure you're born again? You've opened up your heart and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart. So if you've never been born again, just say something like this, Lord Jesus, come Lord into Jesus, me come and into save me. me. And save me. Make me whole. Make me whole. Now, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus is the Holy Spirit baptizer. So I ask in Jesus' name. I asked in Jesus' name. To fill you right now. To fill me right now. With his Holy Spirit. With his Holy in Spirit. In Jesus' name, in receive Jesus it. Name, now I begin to speak. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being real. Thank you, Lord, for being real. We just praise you right now, Lord. Bless these. Bless these, Lord. Let them, the anointing, Lord, your presence, the Spirit of the Lord is truly upon us. For he's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach can be heard again on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. This radio program is sponsored by King Jesus Christ Ministries in Phoenix, Arizona. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.